You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Well, we thought we would change church up today and do it a little differently. In fact, I'm excited because we're in the first of a three-week series that we've entitled The Elephant in the Room. I think the truth is all of us have questions. Sometimes we're not sure if we should ask them or not. But today, and particularly the next two weeks, we're going to have sort of a roundtable on looking at life's biggest questions. I've often been challenged by Proverbs. In fact, Proverbs 1.20 says that wisdom calls aloud, but it calls from outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. And she says in verse 22, How long, you simple ones, will you love your simplicity? For scorners delight in scorning, and fools hate knowledge. In other words, right through the Bible, God teaches us that we should ask and keep on asking. My life growing up as one of eight children, my parents, and I understand it now, were often say to us, just be thankful. Don't ask for more, just be thankful. And you can imagine having eight kids, if we were all asking, they would have gone crazy. But I remember how that things didn't happen as big as they could have for me because I never inquired. And it's amazing to me how limited our understanding can often be. And therefore, because we don't venture into the unknown, we live significant consequences. Uh, As I said, our family, not one of us went on to university. And I'm not blaming my parents for that, but we never inquired about what was beyond us. Here's another great scripture. In fact, same chapter, but Proverbs 1 verse 29, it says, because people hate knowledge, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. In fact, God says they would not know any of my counsel and they despised even my rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. I love how it finishes in verse 33. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely, will be secure without fear of evil. See, for me, there is so much more to be discovered. And truth is the gateway to understanding. God has got insight to very human situations And he wants to bring both sides of the equation. Over the next three weeks, we won't be able to come up with answers to everything, but we can go to God's word and find his perspective on so much more. Uh, Early years of being a pastor, I'd often find myself in a counseling situation. And if you sat with one of the people, it would be amazing how their perspective seemed right until you got the other one in the room. And when the other one came in the room, you saw a balance and a fuller picture as to what was going on. I've often said that every coin has more than two sides. It's got the third side, which is the edge. And it's until you see every part of the perspective and gain understanding, do you get clarity. Again, Psalms says this, Psalm chapter 2 and verse 8 says, would you ask of me? Uh, This is God speaking. And if you were to ask of me, I would give to you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. 
And God is saying there is so much more if we would activate our ask. Often the Bible says we don't get because we don't ask. James 4 verse 2, I believe, says you do not have because you do not ask. And here we are today, I'm sitting in the trusts arena. And this is a huge venue. In fact, last year, 2017, we had our sisters conference. I think it was earlier on. In fact, we started the sisters conference in the year 2000. And the first one was in Pakaranga. I think we had just over 300 women come out. And I remember Marie praying for that first conference and subsequently throughout the years praying for sisters that God would bring value to women. Well, just imagine this place was filled with over 5,000 women coming and encountering God. But it was her ask that opened the windows of the possibility of what could be. Maybe there are some questions that you need to bring before God over the next couple of weeks. Maybe God is asking you to develop a spirit of becoming an asker because there is so much more if we would inquire of God. Years and years ago, I was moved, like most of the Christian world, by Jabez's prayer. In fact, you find it in 1 Chronicle chapter 4 and verse 9. This is what it says. It says that Jabez was more honorable than all of his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Verse 10, but Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, O God, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you, God, would keep me from evil. And God granted him what he requested. I've often stopped and I thought, maybe I don't ask enough. To be here and to see what God did last year and again coming up this year, because of the ask of someone who had it in their spirit to see others blessed. That word ask here that Jabez used was this word to beg, to earnestly request. It was kind of like before this prayer and after. You don't read about Jabez in the Bible, but there was something about the intensity of his request. I don't know what happened, but his mum bore him in pain. Imagine being called that. You're the one born in pain. But he came to a point where he says, I'm not going to allow where I find myself today to limit me. I'm going to inquire of God. I'm going to seek out an answer. I'm going to pray for his blessing. And yet the Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers. In other words, he became so blessed that he had more substance in the overall picture. He had this cry in his heart, this desperation that I don't want to echo what I've been through. I want your purpose for my life. You may not believe this, but I grew up in my situation never wanting to ask. I didn't want to ask people to help. Who am I to ask them? I, I didn't feel like I had a right to ask God for the answers that would really release his purpose. And today I want to just inspire you Come on, let's ask the questions that we have in our heart. Uh, I think sometimes the church has become so mediocre. We've become so nice, dare I say it. We're so settled. We, we want to be accepted by everyone. We've stopped asking the big questions. And the enemy 
is always seeking to attack our expectancy and our anticipation. Years ago, I was ministering in Australia in a place called Hobart, and uh, I got up to preach, and we'd had a great worship time, and it was like there was just a lady towards the back. I think there might have been three or 400 people in the room, and it was kind of like there was just a light on her. And uh, I said, honey, I just want you to stand to your feet. She stood up, and I, I didn't know where I was going. I just knew God wanted me to say something. And I said, I want you to come to the front. And uh, she came to the front. She looked kind of nervous. And I said, I, I just feel like God wants me to pray for you and tell you that what is in your heart, God is going to do. And God is going to answer your prayer. And she began to cry. And I just laid my hands on her. And as I'm praying for her, I felt like the Holy Spirit say, you, you should take up an offering for her. And I'm going, what? Uh, I'm in a place that doesn't belong to us. Uh, I don't know anything about her circumstance. But anyway, I finished the prayer and I said, I hope you can trust me with this, everyone. But I feel like God wants us right now to do a special offering for her. Well, lo and behold, after the meeting, she came with a friend, tears running down her face. She had uh, started an orphanage and was running this orphanage. And she had been crying out to God for months for provision for that orphanage. And yet that day, God turned up and the people in that room were a part of a miracle. On the other side of our ask, when we don't give up, is something more than we could ever imagine. And I want to inspire you today, the deeper questions of your life, let's bring them to the surface. But more than that, let's ask the God that is able to do the impossible thing for us. I want to talk for a few moments today, and I trust that you're going to get something out of this, is that ask needs an authority. And some of the thoughts that I've had to learn is that I should be an asker. I should ask God the big questions. I should seek clarity. Even though I may not find everything I need, it'll help me. I need to ask God for his blessing. So here's a couple of thoughts. Here's the first one. I think all of us need to live and ask conviction. As I said, being one of eight children, uh, I had to learn to ask. <laughs> Funny story, my sister Diana and I, I think I was 16 years at the time, went to Holland. She was a flight attendant, so we went for a few hundred dollars and uh, we arrived in Holland. I had never been there. My sister had been there once and we were going to go to our family. We arrived at the Amsterdam train station and we kind of asked in broken Dutch about which train to take to the location. Anyway, we ended up, unbeknown to us, on the wrong side of Holland. Got off the train, I think it was about 10.30 at night, freezing cold, and, and I said to her, which way do we go? She says, I think it's this way. And there was a light in the corner, it was like a, a, I think a pub that was still open, and she said to me, you go in and just ask them. And I go, no, you go in and ask them. And she's going, no, you ask, I've done everything. And I'm going, no, you ask. I was so timid about asking. Finally, she went in and asked, and uh, we did find that we we're on the opposite side of Holland. We had to have a, another bus ride all the way back or around the other side of Holland to get to where we were going. But my point is this, is if you don't ask, you don't find out. And that's what the disciples did. They, they said to Jesus, they said, in fact, we saw this in Legacy a little in Luke 11. They said, would you teach us how to pray? And uh, Jesus said, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to pray. You've got to pray like this. You've got to pray, our Father which art in heaven. 
and hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. In other words, ask God for His kingdom to come into your world. Ask Him to give you daily bread. Ask Him to forgive all of your debts. Ask Him to deliver you from the evil one. And then it goes on and talks about this incredible tenacity, this conviction that they need to ask and keep on asking and not give up. I love what verse 13 says. It says, if then you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? Think about it. Our children, maybe we're going through the supermarket and they're in the trolley and they keep asking for something. And you say, listen, that's enough. You're not having. If they keep on asking to the point of not giving up, they've got this conviction that they've got a right to ask, we end up just quietening them down by giving them something. I'll never forget, I think it was our youngest son, Daniel, who just loves animals, has always loved animals. Every animal he could get as a kid, he got. One day he came up to me, he said, Dad, I want to get some axolotls. And I go, what's an axolotl? He said, it's a Mexican walking fish. They're amazing. They even eat meat. You can put like, like proper fish in the tank and they'll eat them. And I'm going, we're not getting an axolotl. Well, I'll never forget some time on, I was traveling to speak somewhere in another country. And Dan comes up to me, sits on my knee. And he says, Dad, I love you. I really love you. Come on, I'm going to pray that God really helps you have a great trip. And so we did all of that. And I'm thinking, wow, what a kid. Then he said, while you're away, will you think about the axolotls? You know, seriously, I went away and I'm thinking about axolotls. I came home, I didn't buy him one. We bought two of the stupid things. It was kind of like, but he had this conviction that if he kept asking, uh, I remember mum telling me at 21, some of you have heard the story. She had had three girls, so wanted a boy and she's pregnant with me. She didn't know it was me, but I was there. And how she laid her hands on her stomach. And she said, God, if this is a boy, he's gonna be like Samuel was in your house. I give him back to you. Amazing, isn't it? I grew up always knowing God wanted me to serve him in the church. Even our son, Luke, talk about that. I learned this power of asking. Well, my legs have always been kind of skinny and some of you know that. And so I was really conscious about that. When Marie was pregnant with Luke, I laid my hands on her tummy and I said, God, give him good legs like his granddad because he's got big calves. My father had big calves. Give him legs like that. So I always remind Luke, your legs are because of my ask. Then he says to me, well, how come I'm short? Not like my brother's. Yeah, I forgot to ask on that one. <laughs> Seriously, there is a challenge for all of us to live in us conviction. The second thought I'd raise about asking is this. Let's elevate our expectation. Let's live with the possibility of what God can do. Ask of me, I'll give you the nations. Here we are in this stadium. Marie asked, God, I want to see women touched not just by the hundreds, but by the thousands. And her ask was because of that expectation. I seriously live a healthy fear. I don't want to get to heaven and see what could have been, but I failed to believe for it. And I think all of us need to develop this kind of dream time. I'd put it like this. We seldom ask for what we haven't seen. And what I mean by that, it's our time with God reading his word and praying that he envisions us with what could be. And that's what true visionaries do. They practice the art of dreaming. 
I love 1 Corinthians 2.9. I often read about it and dream with it. You'll know what it says as soon as I say it. As it is written, our eye has not seen, nor has our ear heard or our heart ever received the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God reveals them to us through his spirit. It's his spirit that searches the deep things of God. What man knows the things of man, but the spirit that is within him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except we understand the spirit of God. I just want to encourage you that we can have this elevated expectation that's going to bring through a breakthrough. It was many years ago uh, when we were early on here at Life, uh, there was someone in need of a car and we didn't have a lot of money, but we just felt like God say, put more on your mortgage and get him a car. And so both Marie and I felt like that was the right thing to do. So we, we bought the car and we were happy to do it. And it was just a miracle for them. And uh, at the same time, we were in our first building fund and God was you know, asking of us to find ways to resource that and see that happen. And uh, in the middle of it, Marie says to me, you know, my mum in Australia, uh, her car is costing us so much money. I, I, I'd love it if we could buy her a car. And me being the practical one, I go, well, that's okay, honey. It's a great thing to do, but we're in the middle of this building expansion offering. A bit like legacy today, it's kind of like it's costing us a God sum. Uh, we've just bought a car for someone else and now you want us to buy a car for a month. We can't do it. We couldn't even fund that on the mortgage and, and we just can't do it. And you know what she said to me? All right then, I'll just go to God about it. And you know me, I've got to be honest, I wasn't that good. I said, good, go to God about it. And go to God, she did. I know that uh, I've got to lead the way in church, but I've got to tell you, she leads the way in prayer. I just heard her early in the morning, late at night going, God, I'm praying for a miracle. Uh, it was sisters that year, I think it was about eight or nine months later, where an American pastor came and she was at the conference so moved by it. And she came up to Marie and said to her, God has spoken to me about buying you a new car. Marie said, no, you can't do it. She says, I'm telling you, God's told me I need to do it. The net result was Marie got a new car. She was able to sell her car. We were able to buy her mum the car in Australia and a miracle took place. See, we need to live this ask conviction, but we also need to live an expectation that God is a good God, a big God, and God can take us beyond our own ability. The third thing I'd like to touch on today about this whole thing of asking is that our ask is right when it's kingdom aligned. In other words, we're going to maintain this kingdom alignment. Jesus around the Lord's prayer said this in Luke 11 and verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you're going to find. Knock and the door will be opened. Jesus went on to say, whoever keeps on asking and seeking and knocking moves into a new space. I think I introduced over legacy this whole thought of asking it's not just asking God for what I want, but asking God how I can live out what He wants. That's a huge shift that faith does come by hearing from God. And uh, in this thought of asking, God wants us to live with a high expectation, a conviction that we have a right to ask. But also this profound challenge for me is that we need to live with alignment. Can I put it like this? Kingdom authority 
is founded upon heart alignment. In other words, authority needs alignment. James opens this thought in chapter 3 and verse 16. He says, where there is envy in the heart or self-seeking. I wonder how many times my ask has been around me. Confusion exists and every evil thing. In other words, when I'm asking God just for what I want rather than aligning to what his purpose is, I'm going to end up confused. Then verse 2 of chapter 4 in the next chapter, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask at times and don't receive. Why? Because you ask amiss. You're asking to spend or have the outcome to do with your pleasure. God's purpose, my pleasure. That's a challenge. You see, everything in our ask is to do with foundations and motives. Think about a little kid. Comes to the table, it's afternoon tea time, and sees the cake that mum's made, and there's one piece that's bigger than all other pieces. And so this little kid, like I would have done, reaches out to grab the big one, and mum slaps you on the hand and says, no, 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 no. You, it's not polite to go for the biggest. Well, the little kid looks at mum and says, then how do you ever get the biggest? Honouring aside, he's got a point. See, the biggest is not wrong. It's determined by the circumstance. It's a bit like a potluck dinner. Ever been one to one where people come and they just fill their plates up, not even thinking about the others. Others will miss out because they weren't aware of what was best overall. Even as a dad, if it's in my power and my ability to help somebody, then if I knew it wouldn't destroy them and they were ready for it, why wouldn't I do it? But you need to align with what is right. And it's the same with our asking. Jesus said, if your heart is right, you will ask. Jesus taught it like this in John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, in other words, if you align with me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire. Note the context. When you're aligned to God's purpose, you can ask what you desire within that and it will be done for you. A lot of our questions come before God because we're asking on what we want rather than what the Father is wanting. And my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so you will be my disciples. This whole thought of maintaining kingdom alignment, when I ask God for something, God is this in your interest? Is this in the right season? Is this from a kingdom-based perspective? And the final thing today, we do need to live with a conviction, with expectation, with alignment. But also, I want us to understand that to ask needs persistence. We need to develop a strengthening persistence before God, because God wants to see that we really want what He wants, and we're prepared to push through and get it. One of the most phenomenal stories for me is in Luke 18 in the Bible, where there's a widow woman that finds herself in a place where she can't get the right outcome for her and her family. She goes to a judge who basically says, listen, you've got no money. You're of little value. I'm not going to help you out. But she didn't give up. She just kept pounding and pressuring the judge to go, I might not have a lot of substance, but I'm not going to give up until you do what you need to do. So Jesus responds in Luke 18 and verse 5. He says, because the widow woman troubled the judge, he responded. And I want you to hear what the unjust judge said. 
she keeps on wearing me. Will not God avenge or stand up on behalf of his own children who cry out day and night, day and night. And even though he bears long with them, I tell you, when he responds, he'll do it speedily. Then this classic, classic challenge, when Jesus returns, will he find faith on the earth? For me, that's a challenge for all of us. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not just, well, you know, God's word is true. No, faith has this persistence that says, even if I haven't seen it, because it's God, because it's in his word, and because it's to do with God's kingdom, I'm gonna stand and never give up. Coming to New Zealand, as we know, 26 years ago, and just seeing the disarray of the church, I had to learn that sometimes areas are fortified by the enemy, that the enemy did a work in the church. But for all of us, we've got to realize that when there is a stronghold, it's going to take resilience. It's going to take that sense of I'm not going to give up. The tall poppy thing here in New Zealand, the cynicism, the, the sense of all kinds of things going on and churches can't progress. Once again, I want to encourage you, don't let go of that persistence, that push through that tenacity to go, God, your word says it. I'm asking for it. I'm aligned to your purpose and your kingdom. For me, what has helped me immensely with that is that I've come to realize that miracles live beyond the limitations of time. In other words, many times through the scripture, people didn't see their ask fulfilled when they thought it should happen. But in their persistence, they made way for the miracle. The passage in Luke 11 around the Lord's Prayer concludes with this illustration that Jesus gave with the man running out of food late at night and going to a friend. And he said, it's just too late. The kids are in bed, give up. He said, no, I'm not giving up. I need the food tonight for another friend. And then it goes on to say that he would not rise because of the friend, but he rose because of the persistence that his friend had to give what he needed. You know, faith for me is not a magic formula. Faith never promises an immediate result, but it immediately promises there will be a return. And over the next couple of weeks, I want to encourage you, think about what you need to ask to gain more clarity. More than that, live this authority of the ask live with the conviction that God wants us to ask, that he wants our expectation to be bigger than anything we've ever experienced, that we need to make sure our ask is kingdom aligned and it has the sense of persistence. I began today out of Proverbs 1, where it says that fools hate knowledge. Sometimes in the church, we can be guilty of having questions that we've never found an answer to, or at least in part. As I said, let the series of addressing the elephant in the room be the beginning of seeing that change. And let's live with an expectation that we've got a God in heaven that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above. He's a God that cares about you. Even today, if you're in church and you don't have a relationship with this God, he is not religious. He's a dad that wants to give you who he is. If your heart aligns, to his purpose. You know, today we're going to pray and we're going to believe that this is going to be a great series over the next few weeks.
Father, I thank you today. I thank you wherever we are, whatever campus, whether we're online, you know where we're at. You know our hearts, you know our season and circumstance. But we come before you and we ask God that you will forgive us for our weakness and compromise, that you will inspire us to live lives that are bigger than we could ever imagine and that always will live aligned to the purpose of the kingdom. We give you the glory that you're the God who has answers to everything. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.